On today's episode, Dave interviews Stephen Kieran. Stephen is an improviser, a director, and a voiceover actor featured in DreamWorks, Kung Fu Panda and Kung Fu Panda 2, two of the Madagascar films, Monsters vs. Aliens, and Megamind. Stephen is a founding member of Three For All, an impro theater, famous for their improvised Jane Austen, Twilight Zone, Stephen Sodenheim, and Shakespeare Productions. I'm Ian Foley. This is ADD Comedy. When's the last time you had a real job? Uh, let's see. Uh... Probably 1991. Mm-hmm. This is my best guess, yeah. What was that? I was a gardener. You were a gardener? Yeah. Do, do you still do that? I, I dabble. I was a good maintenance gardener. You know, once things are in, I can keep them going. What year was that? 91. 91. Thereabouts. Early 90s, maybe maybe a little later in there, but yeah. And I, I, I'm 55. Are you younger or older than I am? I'm younger than you. You're younger than I am. Okay, Not by much, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had a real job or a job job. Well, probably I moved out here in 94, 95, <clears> and <throat> then I got like five commercials right away. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> and then you figure out, well, I get five commercials, uh-huh. so I should be making $250,000 by the middle of next year if this keeps up. And then things drained. And I think <laughs> um, my wife, I was married at the time. I catered. Uh-huh, right. Fuck that. Fuck that. Fuck what? Fuck catering? catering. Okay. Fuck catering. Okay. Just as a general... I don't want I to was do almost it. called it an art form, but I don't want to offend you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> offend away. Fuck catering. Fuck catering. And I'm because in, it made me yeah. go, you know what? I want to do... I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fall back on something. Oh. And then I started to create my own classes. And then that was it. Yeah, you know, to to be driven to do something from the point of being driven away from doing something, sure. the motivation to do something is the motiva- is based upon the motivation to not do that other thing. Yeah, I had a professor say as much when I was in college, and he said that having doing something you really hate crystallizes what you really should be doing or really want to be doing so much. So never discount that. Right. The hatred. <laughs> well, catering. I, it's really true that in order to have, uh, in order to have, uh, what was it? I got to figure out which one. In order to have light, you've got to have darkness, you know. And I so think a lot say. of people. But it's really true. I mean, for this, what we're talking about, I think, because the darkness is for me. I don't know if it was uh, gardening for you. For me, the darkness was, um, uh, the darkness was catering. But uh-huh. I'd already been on main stage, and uh-huh. you know, and I had already done the things that I go, oh. This is just something I'm doing. It's not something I'm wanting to do. Right, right. But yeah, having those jobs, and they're jobs, right? Call them what they are. But that was drilled into me as a kid that you had to work. My father was everything. Work was everything. What was he? What did he do? He was a civil engineer, but prior to that, he was a paratrooper in World War II in Korea. And he grew up on a farm. And I mean, yeah, working. He was, his first job, he, was, he had a rope tied around his waist and he was lowered into a hole in the ground to place dynamite for the next day's blasting. So it was like. For in kindergarten? Yeah. yeah maybe he was <laughs> maybe younger. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to get down in the hole, get the youngest kid. Exactly. Nowadays they just use, um, I don't know, I guess. Robots, I think. Ro- well, yeah. I was, you're being nice. I was, uh, right now I was thinking maybe they were using um, child Child prisoners. I was going to say prisoners. <laughs> Child prisoners. Child prisoners. You're right. Exactly. 
<laughs> and not the kids at juvie. No, these are little kids that have actually been put in prison. Or the ones that really they're pre-juvie, and it's like it's they're scared. You know, you want to you want to go to juvie? Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. Guess what? Right. Yeah. Here's a rope. Learn a little something. Yeah, here's the rope. And here, here's the rope. And we want you to put this thing over there. Here's the rope. Here's a handful of dynamite. Right. Yeah. And, but tiny hands. Tiny little hands. Tiny hands full of dynamite, which is the name of my next book. <laughs> David Zansky. Tiny, tiny hands and little dynamite. Exactly. It's, uh, they solve crime. One's tiny hands, one's little dynamite. Could also be your jazz combo. Tiny hands and little, <laughs> little dynamite. dynamite. Little oh, dynamite. I saw tiny hands and little dynamite. <laughs> The other night. Over at the pecan house. Little Charlie and the Night Cats. And over at the pecan house was <laughs> Tiny Ants. Did you do any of the, the jazz scene in the Bay Area? Did you go watch it at all? Do you want you? Here and there. I should have. Let me put it that way. Uh -huh. Because, I mean, Brian Lohman was and McShane and all those guys who were, you know, endlessly smarter than I am. And they would always, you know, that, that was their life. They, right. they, they had a vibe like this they, right. in your apartment, which is just, oh, my God, you know. This is all happening in here. And I always felt like, I remember seeing this stack of plays that someone was reading. And I thought, oh, those are, those are plays. Whoa. Because I came from such a blue-collar background. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And McShane going by on the buses as the ghost of Christmas, whatever, you know, right, ACT. Right. That was my introduction to Mike. He stopped at a stoplight on a bus next to me like, hey, you'll know me one day. <laughs> I, I, so you didn't do any, you didn't, did you go to school, to theater school? You shouldn't have just stopped at that. Did, did you, you go, go to, to school? Did you go to school? Or were you one of those Fuck kids school. like being lowered Fuck into catering. the hole? <laughs> it felt that way. You mean for this, for yeah, improvisation? For yeah. Not directly. I went to a, I went to a, a college called the College of Creative Studies on the campus of UC Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. You had to uh, get into UCSB, and then you had to apply separately to CCS. And once you got in there, it was run by this amazing guy, Marvin Mudrick. He was mm -hmm. an international literary That's an awesome critic. name. Yeah, he, he was an awesome guy. Really, really opinionated, eccentric, just out of his mind but he designed the, the 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 college of creative studies there were no grades you were awarded units by how much work you produced going back to work because that's he said how you learned your trade right not by trying to get it right which goes back to improv so again all this stuff was sort of i didn't realize it at the time but but and he also had the arts and sciences mixing so mm -hmm. so you'd be with mathematicians and you know uh chemistry students and you'd be working on your painting and writing Who's he talking to yesterday? Do you know Paul Dooley? Uh, yes. So I Paul do. Dooley was, uh, I interviewed him yesterday, and I asked him the same question of what training he got, and he, and he basically said the same thing that, that Marvin said, which was doing it is going to teach you more than studying it because you're smack dab in the middle, and you also know, you also learn, excuse me, hands-on, what you don't want to do, there and then it pushes you into what it is that you do want to do. And the shiny object for me is always what you do want to do. The duller object is what you don't want to do that you try to shine it up and make it look shiny. So you're like, maybe I'll shine it. <laughs> I'll shinify it. Shinified. 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 Uh, yeah. So you. So yeah. Yeah. It, my dad was a uh, was an electrician. Um, and so we would, I would get up at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning with him, like at seven o'clock, be out at the coffee shop and have eggs, uh, so that we can be on the jab at eight, mm -hmm. uh, 
on a Saturday fucking morning yeah. to pull wire and to clip things and turn things and move conduit in. Mm -hmm. So it was like, get that job, son. Yeah. Yeah. 14 hour days. My father would touch his palm to the, you know, like that with the back of his other hand and go 14 hour days. Yeah. That's no. what it takes. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Did he have a crew? He had a crew during the week. Yeah. You but were during the, the weekend, you he were the boy. crew. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take, uh, get in the car. I remember my dad giving me a hard time when he asked me for an adjustable and I gave him a crescent wrench. It's like, come here, come here. What does this look like? Yeah. What does this look yeah. Which one is the crescent wrench? Yeah. Which is the shape of a crescent? Yeah. See that? There. You know what? They're kind of both. Yeah, technically. One is, Yo, he loved you know, that answer. I fucking love it. Yeah. And then what he did was at 65, he decided he wanted to be an actor. Wow. Is he around? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And he's, and he's, what? And fucker works, man. In Chicago. I bet he works. He works. Because he doesn't care, in a sense. That we go back to that. When you don't have to go back to the art where you go, I'm just going to produce my art and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Because yeah. I don't think that you're a forcer. You know Me? what I mean? The forcer being, uh, I'm going to do this, as opposed to, oh, I, I can do that and I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah. I, I never, I don't, it's funny. I, I, I'm not very academic. So maybe that's it. Stuff. Stuff falls away with me. It mm -hmm. tends to fall away. <clears throat> what does that mean? Well, I mean, stuff that doesn't work, that's not working, I tend not to focus on it. I don't know if that's a natural ability of anybody's, but it just kind of just tends to take care of itself. Uh, when you say it tends to take care of itself, I know what you're talking about, but tell me what you're talking about. What's it? When you said it tends to take care of itself, you mean the pairing off or the detritus or the dross or, you know, the, the yeah, chaff? The I would say that, keep going, the slag, keep the going, slag. Okay, yeah. if you will. Yeah. I would say, yeah, for me, it's, it's uh, the stuff that doesn't work, doesn't work overall in life. And, and over time, yeah, you're going to keep doing it. But when you stop trying to get rid of it, you know what I mean, focusing on the problem, and instead you're working, you're focusing more on what is working, that stuff tends to slag off. It tends to, that's what I'm finding now mm -hmm. at 51. Right. And that may, it may not be true next month. But it's working for you right now. Yeah. Have, have you ever read the book Flow? I've heard of it. Don't be, you have an attitude about I it. I do. Let it Is it like a go. play? That was fucking <laughs> fuck catering. <laughs> Is it a book on catering? It's a book. It's a play about mm -hmm. catering books. I That's what it. it is. It's a play on catering books. I hate it um, already. He's, uh, his, first off, his name is unpronounceable. And uh, oh, it's... I'm going to show it to you, and then I want you to fucking pronounce it. <laughs> oh, my God. You've taken your microphone off. All right. Keep talking. Oh, right. It's your show. I forgot. Okay. You pronounce that fucking name. Right? So, this is the point. The point is this. You uh, find something that you enjoy, that brings you joy, and then you do that. And then you focus on the joy that it's giving you in that moment. So, you're not concerned with the product and this is our improv training, you're not concerned with the product, you're mm. giving attention, and this is a word that he used, and I really like the word, we use it all the time, you're giving attention to that thing in that moment for the very joy of that moment. Yeah, and the byproduct is what people, well, we all say, it's like telling someone to have fun in a show. It's like, no, don't tell them to do it. Tell them to focus on relationships, I'd and fun's going to happen. Right. Happiness happens. When you focus on happiness, it becomes like pleasure-seeking. Yeah. It's like, have meaningful sex tonight. Right. 
<laughs> you know, that's what happens. You know. Yeah, that thing about have a good show, and everyone, and then this thing that we've I've talked about it before. This We're thing that happened a now, few years yeah. ago. It was like that. We've you know talked about it before. It's the the idea of uh, right before you go up, you tap someone in the back and got your back, got your back, got your back, got your back. I'm like, go fuck yourself. No, you fucking don't in my back. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, what uh, do you mean? That's well. That's what I want to find out from them. Yeah. What do you mean? Because okay. I say to you, what you said was have a relationship with me. I mean, yeah. essentially that. Let's do that. Sure. Yeah. But don't soundbite me, especially yeah. before a fucking show. <clears throat> right. Exactly. And that soundbite, I got to go have a good show. What does a good show mean? Yeah, I mean, right. then I'm then I'm weighing that out. A good show compared to what? Was last night a good show? You know what I mean? Would you take them on in the moment like that? I find that amusing. I would do that on stage. Oh, I would use, I would bring oh, that. Would you yeah, no, you would bring, bring it around? No, I'd bring it around. <laughs> you, asked, you told me to fucking have a good show. I'm, I'd meta the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they deserve it. <laughs> have a good show. Say something nice to me. I dare you. I have Fuck never stick. said that. And no. I never will. No. I, I'll that, say, I'm sure I, I'll say it tonight. I, I saw you, I, I read a, a, uh, an interview that you did where you essentially uh-huh. said that, like the, the have a good show, the unnecessary thing that happens before, you know, mm-hmm. you, you go out on stage. Yeah. Have a good show. Have meaningful sex. Have a good day. Like, <laughs> have a good day. Even have a good day. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Well, don't aim for it because then you're fucked. Well, then you're looking at what's yeah. the definition of a good day and you're going, is this a good day? And then at that moment, you're not even in the day anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You're playing God. In Stop a sense. playing God. There's another one. At the, at, when, <laughs> when you have a transaction at Pavilion, uh, I want her to tell me, "Stop playing God." <laughs> and, you know, and then, yeah. do you need, oh, do you need help with your bags? Yeah. No, I don't need help. No. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, stop playing God. Great. Uh, all right. Have a great you? day. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. oh, how'd you find everything? Well, I looked over there and I got it. Yeah, what do you mean? How am I driving? I like that. Well, I'm guessing that you've got that little pedal on the right. Wait a minute. Uh, One of the things they do at the pavilions here is they kind of hunt you down and go... Pavilions? You've got a thing for pavilions. I love shopping at fucking pavilions. Oh, really? Because it's like gourmet? No, because it's a supermarket. But I always feel like they play it up a little. Why wouldn't you? No, I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying I've never, I've, I don't, I'm not a pavilions guy, so I don't know what the vibe well, who, is. Who are you? I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> You're not a, what are well, you? this has gone pretty short. Suddenly, do you have someone in the wings? <laughs> yes, I do. My neighbor's dog. I oh, right. Who always fills in. <laughs> When interviews go bad. Are you, you're not a pavilions person at all? No, I have no offense. I mean, I just haven't had opportunity. Where do you go? I go to my local Vons, if you must know. You know who owns pavilions? I got a little news for you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, give me a hint. Uh, is it a group of people? Is it, it is Mormons? A it's an, it's an, um, no, it's okay. the pavilions and Vons are the same. Oh, they're, so they're owned? They're owned by this company called Safeway. Oh, yes, okay. So it's Safeway, Pavilions, and Vons. Okay, but Pavilions is sort of their gourmet division? Only because it's got more words than Vons. (laughs) And if you look at it, Pavilions has the word Vons in it. Oh, man. My mind just fucking exploded. It sure did. I just was bitch slapped. (laughs) You were my words. My words. Talk to Marvin about that. Yeah, well, I'll have a seance. Maybe I will. Can we have it here? Wait, do you have a show tonight? Mm. Yes, you do. You've got your... Sh- no, not no. tonight. You, tonight you, I'm watching the ball game. Get back off. Well, Jesus. Um, well, who's jumping who now? I, that's the All way right. I do it. That's the way I do no, it. No, I do not have a show tonight. We close this weekend, so we have shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I love that someone said your reviews are 10 for 10. Good Danny reviews. O'Connor said that. Yeah. 
I was like, wow, that's, that's bold. I know it is. Going but, off. you know, we got, yeah, we lived by the sword this time. You did and won live by somehow. the sword. Wow. But if we start, at, you know, the, the ratio in mm-hmm. the future, right, we don't know. What's the next thing? Uh, the next that's thing, such a, technically, like such a host thing, it's hosty, but that's all right. We, um, it looks like we're uh, probably gearing up heavy now for the Western run at the Falcon, which will be starting at the end of uh, August, so the, in the fall. But we're just, Dan and I are co-directing, so we're starting to assign things and design the set and get stuff in when place. When you say Western, do you mean Cowboy Western? Yeah, and probably John Ford. Uh-huh. So uh, it, uh, it's Impro Theater, and you guys are, you, you um, improvise. Right now you're, you're wrapping up a run in Pasadena mm-hmm. at the Playhouse? Of Shakespeare. Of Shakespeare, and you're doing John Ford. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I it, yeah, it's really fun. We've done little bits of western here and there, and the big debate was real guns on stage or not. Like with film noir, we have there's you'll open a drawer and there'll be a handgun, you know, or you have one down the back of your pants right. or whatever. <clears throat> um, and so the question with western was, do we do that? And Dan and I recently decided, yes, yes. I think so. Oh my God, you have to. Why wouldn't you? Why? Because uh, there's no horses actually there. It was that kind of question. So would there then be? But fuck that. We're going. It's just. It's so much more. I don't know. We learned in film noir that there's just something so much so satisfying about having the actual piece in your hand and right. picking and choosing. You know, it's our show. Picking and choosing what's there and what's not technically. Like like I was talking to Dan. We haven't decided. Like I'd like a a, a handle of a whip. Right. So, you know, it can take place. But miming that, miming the whip itself, but to have the handle, I think, would be important. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because I think people, you know, people feel the sting of the, of the whip part. Yeah. The whip, the tail. Yeah. The idea of a hand, we did a show, uh, we did Our Tongue, mm. um, a parody <laughs> of Our Tongue. Here? Did you do it here? No, we did it at Second City in Chicago. Oh, one that's of the, one, so We did funny. a parody of Our Tongue. And the, the Gibbs and the, who else was it? I know you don't do I plays. Don't. Um, I hate them. Oof. Yeah. Uh, but one family had props and the other one didn't. So one family was miming it, and the other one didn't. It's like, where did you get? And like in the middle, like, you want some coffee? Yeah. And then out of nowhere, a table fell from the ceiling with the whole setup of a tea setup and a coffee. It's like, Mrs. Gibbs, where look at you? <laughs> <clears throat> but there is that. But you get to call whatever it is that you want in your show to be mm-hmm. the reality. Yeah. And then we own that and show them. Right. You know, we are showing you this is our world. Right. And we're not having a problem with it and you won't either in a moment just settle in (laughs) settle in everybody just settle in everybody calm down we're gonna take care of everyone everyone's (laughs) gonna get fed just keep your trays up exactly (laughs) but and and that's one of the things about and when I, I love watching, watch, I love watching you play. I just love watching you play. It's such oh, an honor to you. have you here. Because um, mm. nice there's, there's such a joy and a focus that you bring. And so when you say things like, um, <laughs> everybody just calm down, calm down, that's pretty much what it is. You walk on stage and I feel that person is comfortable in their skin and everyone around them, your cast is phenomenal. But Boy, everyone around yeah. that cast is great as well. Oh, you know? thanks. Yeah, thank you. It, but for, for me, it all came out of just, it's funny, going back to not being uh, academic or feeling very scholastic, if you will. But I, I, 
I can't, it came out of terror for me because when I first started taking classes in San Francisco, it was the Monsters of Rock. I mean, it was McShane and, and Brian Lohman right. and Rafe, and but it was also Barbara Scott, Regina Saizi, and Olan Jones in Pulp Playhouse, and watching them. And I quit. I I quit class <clears throat> immediately because I thought, oh well, that's just not going to happen. Right. But what happened is Cully, my best friend, Cully Fredrickson, dragged me back into class. We stayed in class, and I knew I was going to be asked to leave. I was pretty sure they were going to drive me out to the edge of improv town with my little like suitcase <laughs> and a little hat and say, it's been great, but don't ever come back. Just find a new way. Find, you know. And, and what happened was I started to live in this world of the physical because that's the only thing I knew, really. <clears throat> what is that world of physical? What do you mean? Well, for me, I was in my body. Right. Okay, so the space object. I was in my body because I played a lot of sports, every possible sport I, I played. I don't know how well I played it, but I played it. And I also, my father was a civil engineer. Right. So I grew up drawing everything all the time because that was always in my hand. I had a pen or a pencil in my hand drawing with my dad. So he would set up paper and say, make me a tiger. You have an hour. You know, stuff like that. So I just grew up like that. So putting stuff out here and then being in my body, I was so scared that I wasn't smart enough, first of all, fast enough or funny enough, which I thought that's what improv was. I thought that's what it was. Well, it's what it it, it, it. It's what it is to a lot of people. It's, yeah, which is awesome. Right. It, it's just that's another martial art. Right. You know, if that's a style. But it ain't the whole picture. You right. know? So I didn't know that, but I thought, well, in the meantime, I'll at least like know where the coffee cup is. Right. You know, I would like rock on that out of I always I always tell students, it's like Philippe Petit is on the wire. He's got who I was obsessed with as a kid. And he's got the balance pole, which is not gonna save him. It's not a net, but it's something in the middle of nothing to at least yeah, it's just balance. It's something to hold on to in some way. And that to me, knowing where stuff was and what that felt like, and I was obsessed with it, became my way eventually in. But in the moment, it was just my dolly. Right. It was just my something to hold on to, my binky. Right. My improv binky. I totally understand that. I do the same thing. Yeah. I love the idea. And what it also does is as you re as you keep doing that you get further away from the fact that oh this is a cup and then you start looking for where to put it and then where you put it suddenly appears and you go oh that's there and then where it's on the floor that looks uh, like what and then that and you there. see a ring on your hand <clears throat> right and stuff like that at that frequency it's a it's a frequency but you 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 seem like you got that later maybe not but later because you seem so you're you're a guy who has plays on his nightstand. You're a guy to me that, that uh, just looking around that I feel like no, you were comfortable walking into the uh, fast, smart, funny world. I never. Well, think about this: the people that I work with. I mean, you talk about your San Francisco people. Oh. My Chicago people were Carell, Colbert, and those guys. Yeah. And so, looking at that, I step back and I go, I can't. I how do I keep up with that? That's right. And so, the way that I kept up with that was. Um, not to be fast and funny, yeah. but rather to be, um, to, to, well, to, to be, uh, what's that? No, all that for sure, but also um, assist, to be the guy, to be the Scotty Pippen. Got it. You know, to be that guy. Yeah. So in order for Carell to be Carell, he's going to need somebody to push him in that area. Mm -hmm. And then at that moment, I find myself <laughs> to be uh, in service. Oh, yeah. That's to learn that, man, early. It's a surrender, too, because yeah. the moment and, and, and the moment that you do that, you go, oh, this isn't about me. No. 
except that I'm in it. I'm in it. Yeah. For me, the, it, it, uh, when I work with Three for All in San, in, in San Francisco and beyond, but that la- I always call it the last traffic light. When I'm thinking, how do you do this again? I don't know how to do this. We do this, right? It's like this is just the head running its thing. It's what heads do. So my head is not an issue. Heads do that. So I'm, my head's running its game. I'm at the last light. And I finally, what gets me calmed down is like, I just have to listen to them. They'll come up with something, or one of us will, and I just have to just uh, serve tea <laughs> to that offer. Right. Just bring, just, just like, just ride herd, as my father would say. Right. Right. Uh, ride herd. Yeah. That's really true. To be part of that group. Is that what that name? Yeah. Just watch the edge. Keep an eye. Ride herd. Right. My dad would say, "I'll ride herd on him." Right. He'll, he has yeah, like a client. Yeah. Uh-huh, just, uh-huh. Ah, just yeah. At, at that point, you're mm. giving your partner what they need and you're also finding what it is that you're doing and everybody gets fed and everybody gets fed keep your trays up um, <laughs> uh, although at the end you got to keep them up and, and you got to put a stow on the and put the lock on if it. you're catering you mean if you're catering on the airplane uh, you know, put them stow them in the I, I, upright and locked position see how you kind of miss the locking thing if I'd have been a little more present you know it's all good it's all good. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, I don't I, always get fed, apparently. <laughs> you don't. And when you don't, you do in a way. Because you're not getting fed. It's feeding you in a different way. It's feeding you about, you know what? Food is good. And not having food is not good. So the shiny object then becomes the food. Mm-hmm. And you can't shine up not good food. Or not food. God. You can't shine up not food because it's a not. You can't shine a not. God damn it. And when you You're said terrific. scholastic, I was yeah. thinking about the word elastic is in the word scholastic, sounding. Sounding, So yes. I'm wondering if there can be an elastic scholastic. You know. Foundation. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, uh-huh. foundation. Right. The more I look at, the, at what we do, the more I just, uh, the more I, what we do being the improvisation, it's, mm-hmm. I think that we're, we're simpatico on a lot of points. Uh, there's a big Venn diagram thing in the middle there. Uh, uh, my friend Richard Label is going to put together a list of what I say a lot. And he says I said Venn diagram a lot. Oh, fuck him. Yeah, but I also say Richard Label a lot too, so he should put his I name in I love him. Fuck him. I love him. Uh, but hey, ain't that life? <laughs> but in order for you to go fuck him, you, I mean, such a shiny object and not shiny object again. Fuck him. I love him. Yeah. Oh, like, God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. I know. Uh, so the work that, that I, the work that I'm doing, the more I think about it, like books like this, The Flow by Mahat right. I don't have books about, oh no, look at that. I about can't. what? What's about that book? That book is. Oh, give me a break. This is it's a book friend, on, called Process. My, my friend You're reading you have Flow and Process? I do. Shut up. That's Shut cool. up, you jerk. Take a break. <laughs> Let's go throw the ball in the park. <laughs> Fuck me. No, you're right. my friend, See, I'm already, I'm already feeling bad. Let me do some space object work. Let me put my hair up. <laughs> um, and my my yeah, towel. whatever um, it takes. But he, but my friend Don't Michael pick Gelman, that other book up, dude. The my other friend one. Michael Gelman wrote this okay. book, and, and he's Canadian, so it's called Process. Just want you to oh, know yes, that. Sorry. And it's here because I keep forgetting to read it. Um, but I don't read now plays. I don't do plays. I don't have a degree in 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 theater. I have a degree in photojournalism. Oh, okay. That's so, the I noticed the cameras. Yeah, the camera and a book on on uh, there's a uh, light light a, a, a photo book. I just took out the camera. I'm going to take a picture of you later. Um, Damn I right just, you look are. Look at that thing. Jeez, this is a beautiful. I bought it for all this. The camera, the this thing, uh, a, a, a the camera bag, this light meter, a flash, 
filters for twenty dollars <laughs> and a bag of pot and a bag of pot uh -huh. a back rub and a happy ending for eight bucks uh, twenty dollars and i thought you know what i'm gonna buy film there's this stuff called film yeah so they say i found it i yeah. found it and so that's when the door it. flies open and we're suddenly yeah thrown into the back of it <laughs> digital fan yeah uh, but all of this is my life has turned this is such a queer thing to say my life has really become this art project why is that queer? It's, queer, strange, or queer, queer? Queer, strange. Not, no, it's not. It's not. It's just that the phrase is is so over. It seems like yeah, it's overused. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. You got to be, yeah. Pick your spots where you share that. Don't I'm doing say, that here. You're right, you are. Well, that, you're yeah. saying it. I know, I know, I know. There's a gesture that, uh, that went yeah, out. Here in the so world. Right. That's but, that what gesture means, yeah, the world. The world. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but I do live this life. And Joe, is she an artist as well? An artist... Like, did she do any arty stuff? She has a great eye for design. She has a great eye for layout, mm -hmm. and, and she's hands-on. Like, she used to deal antiques, so she'll, like, restore stuff. So I would call her an artist, but she never would. And mm -hmm. I also... Her, her actual drawings are some of my favorite things in the world. Mm -hmm. We were in therapy once as a couple, rather early on, and one of our uh, assignments, we did sand tray therapy, if you've ever done that, it's a real interesting experience. But also we were told to do drawings. Draw what this experience is like right now for you too. Draw what you feel when Stephen says that. And Joe's little drawings were always really tiny and wonderful. But she would go, oh, I, you know, because I would draw these things. And hers were like, you know, us riding upside down in an umbrella, you know, floating on a river. And they were just my favorites. But she couldn't fathom that I would love those. Mm -hmm. But I think everybody can draw. If you can write your name, you're drawing. I think one of the things is if, uh, we have the expectation of what it should look like as opposed to being exactly. through the process. Right. And that's so true of so much that people do with their lives sure like it has to look like something and that just is crippling dude uh, it Please. is yeah and look those, at improv but you're but in what you're doing so you're working within a genre mm -hmm. a, a genre if you will if you will you're working within a genre so there is an expectation of the be, due to the genre sure yeah yeah and you've got to deliver that i mean to right. some degree the italian comedies of shakespeare are have a certain world but uh, once you know the world then you chuck it hopefully once you know the world then you chuck it because you, all that you're doing is wearing the clothes of that world is that what you're saying in a sense yeah that you you know the rules like of jane like jane austen like you're in that world but you you have to be able to just have it in the belly at least for me i gotta have it in the belly i can't have it in the head right it's interesting too the idea of uh, that differentiation because I think uh, with a lot of students that I have and I've worked with you guys too where it's like what are you feeling right now yeah. and don't let it don't and, and and just use your head feel it identify it use your brain to identify it and to put text to it mm -hmm. but don't weigh it out and in the weighing it out is am I doing this right what's it going to look like it's a no man's land I, that's what I call a no man's land. Do, do you say that, like, what are you feeling as the improviser or as your character or both? Obviously, it's going to be both. But, I mean, when you say what you're feeling, what do you mean? What I mean is, um, did you hear what they just said to you? Yeah. What does that make you feel? How does Got that make it. you feel? Got because it. at that moment, you're not, you're dealing with the, you at that moment, you're not figuring anything out. There's not, you're not improvising. Right. Like we're, like this. Yes. That's, that's exactly right. And, and. 
but but a lot of people ask that question. They say, "What is it? Is it is it the art? What is it that David's feeling, or what is it that David's character is nah, feeling?" Nah, like, fuck the character. No, 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 no. What? No, I just misunderstood. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah. What? I'm I'm curious too. Later at the pub, not in class usually, do I ask this? Like, what what stops us? What stops the improviser in that moment from actually being there? Uh, the ego stops them, and the weighing it out. Of course, is this right? Is this wrong? What have I done before? What's good? What's bad? Have a good show? Are my trays up and in a locked <laughs> position? Like all that stuff gets all that stuff, as opposed to all that we have, and it's this flow thing. All that we have is this moment right now that matters. And he quotes in this Mahali Haja in this book Flow. He he really, he he he's interviewed people that were a mountain climbers, and a mountain climber is just dealing with this crevice that he's in right now that their fing- that are, that her, her 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 hands are attached to in that moment. Yeah. And for you to be <laughs> in joy of that moment, as opposed to where you're going up there or yeah. where you've been down there, and none of that matters. All that matters is that feeling that you're feeling at that moment. And the joy, again, to go back to, is a byproduct. And that's what he's saying. The focus too. is the thing. The focus is the thing, and the joy is. The, but you don't. Maybe while you're in the middle of it, you're feeling that joy. Sure, you acknowledge but it. But when you acknowledge that joy in that moment, you're also running the risk of taking yourself out of that moment to weigh that moment. What does that moment feel like? As opposed to, I'm in this moment. When you're done with all this, you look back on it and you go, oh, I am a different person because I experienced those feelings of. Uh, uh, non-attachment to the outcome. You're right. Good old outcome. Yeah, fuck that outcome. Fuck it. Playing God again. Right? She's so right when she asks me, do I need help taking it out? Let's go talk to her. Are you going to have her on the show? She's never there when I think that she's there. (laughs) Um, Your expectations there. Uh, there was, Come back around. I went to I went I go to uh, you know I'll go to get coffee somewhere, and the woman will always say, uh, "Do you want room for cream? Uh, do you want room for cream?" And one day I want her to say, "Do you want room for change?" <laughs> I want her to say that. You mean do you want, yeah? Do you want room for change? Yeah. Then you've got to make that. Right. She'll say. And here's another thing: stop playing God. Stop playing God. Stop playing God. And quit chasing happiness. Exactly. Baby. Can I help you outside? Can I help you with that outside? And then you say yes. Yeah. If she's yeah. just so you know. Yeah. That's no. the time to say absolutely. I have never said yes. I need help with my bags. <laughs> I've never said. It will come for us both. It's coming. The day. You have a partner. You have a wife. You're a married person. I was thinking about this the other day. And this is just such a thought. About my wife? About your wife. You and your wife. <laughs> about, mm. All right. Right. Well, whatever gets you through the night. Um, so I was thinking about this. <laughs> Who's going to take care of me? That's what I was thinking. I am. I know. That's why I'm asking you on the show. It takes it's a, a clever bit, route. That's fine. We'll make a little community. But do you and Joe talk about like who's going to like the idea sure. of because you don't have kids? No, and I don't have kids. No, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. I've got a little riding on them. I treat them very well. I have an uncle who's in Belmont Village, a reti- uh, assisted living facility on Highland. Yeah. And he has no kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm there to get him shoes and to make sure that he, when he falls. Mm-hmm. He fell the other day. Ooh, how old is he? 87, 88. Okay. He they fell fall. the other day. They fall. Yeah. He fell the other day and he got a rug burn on his head. 
I'm sorry. It's me. I mean, I'm, I'm like, sorry. No, I want. I want to show you a picture because I'm like, Let's how is talk. he? How is he? It's like he. Uh, so I was looking. Did going, you say what? you took a picture of it? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Because my dad is in Chicago and I want to show him what happened to Mort. I see. So that's I the that's him. the cover. That's when the cover, really, really you're gonna do a collage <laughs> of Mort's you know burned head. Do, Stephen, I do have a collage. I do have. Right, I've I'll got, put a bid in on that. Well, when he because. Uh, he became a hoarder, and so oh. I went over to his house in Beverlywood, and we took pictures of his house, um, and just to show family. How and bad then was that? It was. There was. It was this bad. I hadn't been to his house in a number of years, and I walked in, and it was the feeling that uh, what's her name had in The Shining, where she was looking over all the stuff that Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall was all, all the work stuff and that, no play. All work and no play. Make Jack and Doll Boy. Where you're going? No, no, no. I walked in, was like that, that same shock where you go, uh -huh. what the fuck? There is not one horizontal surface that doesn't have oh. crap on it. What is hoarding? Do we know? Who I don't know. I do know that do there's we, that... Do we, we as a people. I understand. Um, I understand what you're saying. I didn't think <laughs> I was, you and I. I was re-upping. I wasn't explaining to no, you. No, but it was no, also when the say idea we. Of, when you yeah, say, but okay. it's also when you said, do we know? It made me yeah. want to go, all right, I don't know. Let me open my mind and we'll compare all okay. the things that we know. Yeah. Um, this is, the, the saddest show on television is yeah. that hoarding show because it never... That's quite a claim, but go it, on. Well, it never ends... It's never like, and then I figured it out. I can't watch it because we had, yeah, I had, we had neighbors, two buildings over. We, we moved last year. We moved to a place in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. We good for time? You no, no, I'm, the just, robot. I'm, always, I'm always looking at the sound, the, the sound. That okay. Doing. But go ahead. The sound of my voice. Yes. I'm always looking at it. I'm always looking at the sound of my voice. Okay. So you said that two houses away. Two buildings over. Two buildings over. They, yeah, they went off the rails, man. Right. And we, we helped them. One of them is schizophrenic, and she was the caretaker for the elderly woman. When your caretaker goes crazy, that's a bad scenario. And we stepped in, and they had animals, and they were absolute. It was, an, it was, in fact, last night I had a dream about them. As I'm saying this, I realize. But we got involved, and it was not good. Right. We, we, for about four or five years, we were... Yeah, helping people we didn't know and trying to get social services and the police and fire department and mm -hmm. ambulances. And it just was... And they said, who are you people? Right. We're, We're neighbors. neighbors. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened was we had, a, we had to get him out yeah. of that place. And what, what really drove me there, what really drove us to this point was he uh, left. He, he, a friend of his called me up on the phone and said... Mort's gone. I haven't spoken to them in two days. So I was like, oh, my God. Oh. What does that mean? Where, what does that mean? And so I got in the car. He lives in Beverly Wood. I live here. I got in the car. And it was such an interesting trip because it was a trip. The drive over there was not about the end result. Mm -hmm. It was, For me, I could say, well, what if he's dead? What if he's dead in the house? As opposed to I'm in the car. <laughs> What's this feeling that I'm having in the car driving to my uh -huh. uncle's house? And to experience that and to be mindful of the feeling that I'm having in that moment yeah. as opposed to inventing what I might see. Sure. On the, takes, yeah. On the train to what's not happening. Someone right. told me which, is, I, which was my favorite yeah. album that you've done. Thank you. You're sweet to, to bring happening. that around. I um, wasn't going to... I'd say two, two less covers and it would be a perfect album. Well, thank you. Because um, we don't need that. It, anyway. No, so I go to his house and his front door is open. <sighs> and I walk in and all, Jack, all work in No Play Makes Jack a Dull Boy. And the TV is on no station. And the phone's off the hook. Oh, my And God. I keep thinking, please be in bed, uh -huh. dead, uh -huh. as opposed to... 
autoerotic asphyxiation, <laughs> number or, one, right. right, or on the floor of the tub, right. but he was gone. And so I called the cops, and the cops came, <clears throat> and we did a missing persons report. And that night, um, they found him, and they oh. brought him to the hospital. He'd gotten beat up. Oh, no. And so this is where this comes in. I took pictures of him at Cedars, and just to... to so I I have his progress. Okay. So going back to the Mort series of photos, because that's it. what brought me into that. It, it, now, it, it has his, does he still have the apartment, or is he in the it home? It was his house. His house. And what ended up happening was we sold his house. Oh, wow. We, we sold his house, and uh, um, <clears throat> he thinks that he's at this assisted living facility, which costs like six grand a month. Yeah. He thinks he's there, and they're not pay- he's not being charged. <clears throat> what he right. doesn't know is... The house. Goes back to, we're yeah. all taking care of him. Yeah. And we got a million dollars for his house. He doesn't know that he's a millionaire. Wow. Wow. So we're using that money from the house to... to pay for that. Pay plus, for that. Plus, he has a pension from the uh, teacher's union. So his pension is six grand. So he has all the money he's ever needed. Bless your hearts, man. But when that's, you say we, you mean your me, family. Me, my dad. Yeah. My my dad, my cousins, my brother, my sister, the family. Who I'm the only one who lives here. Wow. They all live in Chicago. You're the point man. I am the point man. And yeah. that's one of the things that keeps me here. But I love it here. Do you love it here? Not I, this apartment, but maybe I do. love this apartment. I right. love this neighborhood, by the way. Mm-hmm. You're right next to Paramount. Right. Um, you know, I do. I grew up here. You grew up in L.A.? Yeah. Grew up you in the did? Valley. Yeah. No one thinks that is true. I put you in. I still put you New in. New Jersey? I put you in Jersey on a turnpike. Uh, I go. I put you at the eight and a half floor, and then you walk in, and for some reason you're dumped on the New Jersey turnpike. And that's right. Right. Hey, wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. I'll tell you why that's relevant later. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, where do you put, put me for real? I put you in the Bay Area. Oh well, okay, yeah, because I lived there for many years. Yeah, and also uh, I know you because of those Bay Area guys. Yes. I know you because we did Pulp Playhouse down here. That's right. Um, was it called Pulp Playhouse? It was. Yeah. yeah. You went we to did... Aspen. What's that? <clears throat> Didn't you go to the no, Aspen I did not Comedy go to Festival? Somebody went. To... What? Some of them did. Yeah. What? I know. What? They said, "Don't take Dave." <laughs> um, I love that. That's where I. Uh... Oh. Yeah, that's where You're I know all the Taylor made for that. It was really fun. What style did you do? We did a whole bunch of them. Okay. Uh, we did a, we did uh we did a whole bunch of them. Okay. Did we do comedy? Left a real lasting impression on you. I well, I, all that I know is what great people I worked with, Tracy Burns and I sure. worked with Mick Shane. It was so funny because oh, yeah. uh, Mick Shane was uh Mike McShane, when I was on main stage at Second City, he came by to do a movie in Chicago, oh. and when he was in the audience, someone said, oh, that's the guy from Who's Line, in British Who's Line, and we brought him up on stage, and I looked at him, I was like, Batman, I'm going to jump on his back, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, I'm going to jump on his back, and I, you know, it was one of those, like, I am compelled, so I jumped on his back, and we got off stage, and he went, hey, you jumped on my back, and I said, yeah, and I thought, he didn't ask me to do that, I didn't ask him, I didn't see if he no. had a, a back injury, yeah. and then for years, I felt like... Why would I do that? That was just such a weird thing to do. Yeah. And then I auditioned for Pulp, and he was in the audience, and he went, I know you. And I was like, oh, fuck. Here it comes. He goes, you jumped back. on my back when I was in. And I said, yeah. And he said, that was the most welcoming thing that anybody has ever done to me, and you really made me feel at home. And I was See, like, you, I have a phrase the older I get, which is wrong again. 
<laughs> it's not mine. I borrow it from somebody, but it's it, tr- apply it to your day. Yeah. Wrong again. Like the drive to your uncle's house. Right. Wrong again. Well, the drive to my uncle's house. Right. But I was mind. That whole thing was me getting. It was so full of tension. Yeah. Oof. And yet that tension to. But Stephen, the, the idea of living in the tension. Mm. Yes. And to go, this is tension, man. Well, let me ask you about that. You, you're, that notion, and I'm sorry I'm cutting you off, but when you keep, you keep using the term mindful, mm-hmm. are, you a, are you a student of Buddhism? Or is... uh, I, uh, peripherally, okay. I, have read, uh, I have read, but I don't go to those places. Right. Um, but I am really into the mindfulness and because I feel like all improvisation is that mindfulness. Sure is. And when we're doing, and it's that, again, goes back to that book, The Flow or flow, that all that we have is this moment that we're in, and if we want to attach something to it, if we want to attach something to it, it's artificial. Right. It's an interpretation, as Paul Hederman says. Who's that? Zenbitchslap.com is his website. He's a 12-step guy from up north, from San Francisco, who is... Has a very interesting his his website Zen Bitch Lab. He he talks about the sort of the origin of suffering and and how this is passing for us. He calls it a verb, selfing. He calls it a verb, not a noun. We think it's us. He describes it. It's it's basic inquiry, right, of the Zen training. And his his comment is that it is not us. It's a foreign installment. It's a parasite. Once you realize that. That he calls an invitation. All his talks, by the way, are basically the exact same invitation. With you know, he's riffing. He's fascinating. Talk about blue collar. I mean, this guy's from Long Island. He just sounds like and he's just a painter in San Francisco, just a painter. But he is extraordinary, and it's had a real impact on the work. Actually, the work. What work? Improvisation. Got it. Yeah. Your work. Yeah. Yeah. My work. I guess. Uh, does he know that? He knows who I am. He knew me when I when I he knew my my he knew my work when I when I introduced myself. I he talks twice a week at, on Lake Street in the city in San Francisco on Wednesday nights and in Marin City on Saturday mornings. Uh-huh. And I saw him on a Saturday morning and I said, "Hey Paul, I'm Stephen." He goes, "I know you. You're with the three men." Yeah, right. So I was like, "Oh, okay." So he knew that, but he uh, he goes, "Yeah, it was really funny. Great." But he, if you ever get a chance, listen to. I will. Stuff. I will definitely do that. Yeah. Zen bitch slap. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, what he's saying, the lesson there is just so. <clears throat> it's so awesome. And those of us who who are teaching and teaching what we're teaching, it's really about: Are you here right now? Mm-hmm. Are you the fuck here right now? Because if you're not, then I'm going to have a hard time working with you. Sure. And my hard time working with you is only because you're not here right now. And is can you please at least act like that's enough? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, well, what you have, but yeah. it's that that's that uh, you know it's that uh, that awesome phrase: um, replace ambition with gratefulness. Uh-huh, that's great. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, and this is all that I want is to be here. And as long as it's all that I want, let's just say it's all that I have. Paul calls that your seat assignment. <laughs> going back to our tray tables right right but yeah he calls it today's seat assignment right which is again you going all right i'm in the car i'm driving to my uncle's and i am experiencing this what is this yeah. what is this what did you what's the word you described to that you were feeling what um I, I, tension tension to the tension but it's also when we're improvising Oof. 
And it's also when we're in a scene and there's tension to go, this scene has awesome tension. Sure. And you guys play it out really well. You really know the tension. The film noir one that I saw yeah. was just so full of tension. And uh, it's to teach an improviser, just to teach an artist or to teach a human being to be in this moment <laughs> and live this moment to its fullest. Mm. What is its fullest? That tension is going to be there until it's not there anymore. And then there's something else that's going to be there. But live within that tension. Yeah. Well, we think <clears throat> that emotions are going to last forever, but this keeps them alive, the head. Resentiment, right? Resentment right. is to refeel. But they say most emotions, it's some ridiculous low number of how, what the average life of an emotion until we're stoking it right. with and thought. There is a stoke point. Yeah. There is, there is a point where it's, it's going out. Oh, yeah. what, what just happened to me? God. Wait, I got to remember again. What just happened to me? Right. Oh, yeah. what was What it? does it mean? Oh, it means this. Right. I'm going to interpret. I'm going to attach meaning. And then I'm going to have an emotional reaction. Exactly. And then it feeds itself because thoughts and feelings then go choop, 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 like, a, like a gyro. Right. The, 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 the Greek food sandwich. It's like a gyro. Right. Who that, uh, the author of Flow. He yeah, makes a great gyro. Great gyros. Great gyros. Um, I was watching, I get obsessed with... Uh, That's why I wore this shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I get obsessed with Kitchen Nightmares. And yesterday he had a Greek restaurant on in somewhere. And uh, they kept calling it gyros. And I was thinking, isn't it gyros? Yes. Or gyros. Gyros. Yes. Um, and there's another, that's a show right there. Chicago, where, you would know that. What I do they know. call it in Chicago? But this is a Greek guy who's calling it gyros. The owner of yeah, it is like Manny. He is calculated. I think he's calculated. He's on he was TV. Too. All, he wasn't? <laughs> well, do you watch that show? No. Is this the guy? Who, the, the, the guy? Yeah, yeah, it's the guy, Gordon Ramsay. Thank you. This is what I like about that show. <laughs> he comes in, and it's the same thing that I do when, I'm, when uh, somebody hires me. He will come in and look at and suss out who's the problem here that needs to be to learn how to communicate. Uh -huh. Who's not listening? Yeah. And, that, and he will go, you're, not, you're the one not listening. And he'll call happened, it out there. He'll early. call it out right there. Okay. And the guy will go, I'm totally listening. I heard everything you said. You may be hearing it, but you're not listening. Uh-huh. And you do that. I do that. I would say, You're hearing I'm hearing you. It's like I didn't ask that. Are you listening? Are you feeling it in this moment? And so I love watching that show because you always see somebody have a turn. And I know it's calculated and it's produced. It's uh, edited. It's edited. And it's also they have producers there who are saying, you know, it's like somebody's being intransigent. It's I like, know. you're not getting it. And then I have a feeling that Gordon Ramsay goes, I got to step out for a second. And when he steps out, the cameras turn off and the producer walks up to the owner and goes, look, you want the show to fucking be on the air? You want it to be on the air? Yeah. Turn your boat around. Yeah. Turn it the fuck around. Yeah. And it's. Gyros. And it's gyros. <laughs> it's like, I think it's gyros. No, it's gyros. You want to be on TV? Right. It's gyros. Right. And you know what it is? Middle America doesn't know from heroes. <laughs> heroes. <laughs> we don't need another heroes, which would be a great store for a, a, a gyros. Why, why don't we? Yeah. I don't need another. You don't need a, We don't need another gyros. We don't need another gyros. No. So that show, I'm obsessed with that. You don't watch? Yeah, you watch no, it? I should watch more TV, but I don't. What the fuck? Who can do, how can you say I should watch more TV? Because this is why. Because because so often, more and more, and I guess it's a good thing. It's people thing. ask, did you see this and that? Right. And I, all, all the time, I'm saying, no, I'm kind of gritting my teeth. I'm sorry. I have not seen. My mom will say, do you watch? I'm like, mom, listen, I, I'm David, and I'm your son, 
And every time you ask me, did I watch it? It's the same answer. No, because no. I don't watch. I don't. I don't. I watch that show. I, for some reason, I get hooked into that and Boardwalk Empire because okay. I love the clothes. Sure. You're a clothes guy. I love yeah. the clothes. I love the way that shit looks. Um, Mad Men because of the clothes. Yeah. I'm, I might just be the straightest gay guy or the gayest straight guy. They used to call me in San Francisco, my gay friends, my gay acting friends. I was the gayest straight guy in San Francisco. <laughs> or when I walked into the audition, they would go, here he is to take our work. <laughs> Scott Capuro being the worst. He was, he was on me constantly. Just like, well, well, well. <laughs> uh, do you audition? Do you, have a, do you have an agent here for TV and things like that? Yes, I do. Because you do a lot of voiceover stuff up in... Are well, you, I, are used, you gonna... I used to do uh, a lot more up north, but that since has gone away. The Sims. The Sims. Right. Uh, the... But weren't you doing... You're working with DreamWorks. Yeah, that's here. At DreamWorks, oh, I here. have a few different jobs. It's, I started at DreamWorks as a reader because a former student of mine brought me in to work on the first Kung Fu Panda because an actor was uh, going off script uh, to the degree John said, he's getting on the silly bus. I need you to get on the bus with him. <laughs> See if you can get the bus back on the road. Got but it. on the way, I want you to do what you need to do. Uh -huh. And he, he co-directed with Mark Osborne, uh, John Stevenson. Great, great incredible guy and and mark osborne were the two directors so they brought me in and i was first brought in to be a reader but the secret sauce that i had was when called upon to improvise right. to go and basically write in the moment and create stuff with that actor and so since then it's been five six years now on different movies that's primarily my job over mm -hmm. there as the improvising reader i right. just did it last week twice and uh, for uh, with different actors, Malkovich actually was last week, which is just oh, that's why the eight and a half floor. You yes, said you thank you. Nice, there you go. Like, yeah. uh, good uh, flow. Very, uh, very flowy, and very about the inventory. So, no, Chicago too. You would remember, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> how was he as an improviser? I have to say, he was wonderful, but most of his improv coming out of... And I believe Steppenwolf was the beginning of his career? Yes. Okay, he, he didn't like have other stuff going on. His stuff was super theatrical, and you're thinking, well, how does that work in a voice session? Well, largely it doesn't. But his a lot of his improv was so physical, and then go to the mic and say the line, and come out of it and hide behind the... Go to the microphone. So that became... Everybody calmed down, because first the sound technician was like, Jesus Christ, you know? But no, no, that was all there, there, there. So I would say, believe it or not, as an improviser, he's brilliant. Just not a lot of it was, most of it was physical. Right. Isn't that wild? But he's also driven, that, that physicality, oh, the yeah. gestures drive the emotion driving the performance, right? All of it. It was, exa it was exactly what was needed for him. It just pushed it out. Right. And he was terrific. It's the second time I've worked with him, and what a, what a pleasure. Yeah. I love all those, those Steppenwolf guys. I just love yeah. them because uh, I've worked with them a lot. Gary Sinise and, and John Malkovich, but who were the others that I There's Jeff Perry. Yeah. There's Laurie Metcalf. What there's Joan that? Allen. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, then there's, yeah, there's those, those guys that, uh, that were some starting members of that. Now, have you improvised with them? I have not improvised with them. I have not improvised with, with those guys because when I'm hired, when they hire me, when Stuffle hires me, they hire me to be a teacher 
and then they'll usually write something and have me read something uh, like a performance. They'll have the, I'll I'll be in performance with them, not with the troupe, but just and a know, teacher of improv though. Yes, okay. I, I teach improv for Steppenwolf. That's wonderful. Right? Wow, it's really great, and it's you one of those have things a great where life, Dave. It's a really great life. I but so do you. And oh, I'm, not, I agree. I'm not knocking. I'm not comparing. I'm just saying no, I, that we have we oh, have yeah. this. We have to, for me. The the best thing that I gave myself was the gift to go. Someone else's career is their career, and the realization also that wait a minute, I get paid to be me. My job is to be me, mm-hmm. and if you are hiring me, you're hiring me, but you're hiring me. Yeah. You understand? Mudrick said that. He said, as a teacher, all I have to give you in the end is myself. He said, everything else you learn out of a fucking book. That's what he said. He's from Philly. He goes, you learn out of a fucking book. In the end, as, an, as, as a teacher, all I have to give you is myself. Right. And then he said, and you're all so afraid of being used. And this is what gives used, me chills. You're afraid of being used? USED? Yes, USED. He uh-huh. said, and then he sat forward. This always gets me. He said, Use me. And he paused and he goes, use me up. Isn't that beautiful? Use me up. Oh, it was great. Yeah, some of the stuff that stuck with me that at the time I didn't know what he was talking about. Right. But he said, use me. And he said it in earnest. Use me up. Right. Amen. Because really, we're all, we're all vessels. That's all we are, man. And, and this thing I'm the that brush, we, baby. Right. That's it. <laughs> so much time we spent trying to be the painter. What a fucking drag. So much time we spent trying to be the painter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what this thing is. But and I know I'm not it's bigger than me. I don't know what this thing is, and it's not for me to decide either. No, I meddle. I yeah. meddle. It I mean look, uh, Garden of Eden, it's if you look at it as a as a cool teachable story, which is how I look at it, it's like this cool it's like, that says it, man. You want, we want to play God. We want to be God. All this, you know, even understanding, the longer I improvise, understanding stuff is way overrated. Understanding it. And maybe that's a strength, not being, feeling very academic or hating plays and your, you know, yeah, the, your the precious idea, little books. Well, for me, I mean, <laughs> and those things, what are they, what's in the books? The words. Oh, the, the words. words and the bibbly, whatever. The words. Um, but, it, but I talk to so many people who want to do fucking forensics on every goddamn thing. That's like, true. I want to understand why. It's like, why do you want to understand why? Why do you want to understand how? How come? Why did, it's like, what but the is, fuck That's this is? thing. It's not right. them. It's not the, we, look, this is the nature of this thing. When Paul says, once you know its nature, you don't have to see the whole thing. You just see the tip of the tail and go, oh, there it is. Yeah. And that's what this is. What it wants us to believe is that it, I, I want this and I want that. It's just the nature of it. That's what, again, I, in class I liken it to Siegfried and Roy didn't kill that tiger. Because they knew that's what fucking tigers do. They just they just run over sometimes and sink their teeth into some other mammal and drag it away for any number of reasons. But that's what fucking tigers do. This is what I'm pointing to my head, everybody. This is what tigers do. They go, I want this and dep beep beep beep. Right. And when that's running the show, I don't know, how's that going? Right. <laughs> right. No, I get it. I get it. And, and I, I look. I look at some people. Uh, I, I look at. Uh, I, I look at relationships that I have. I can be 
tremendously infuriating to some people. And the tremendously <laughs> to your credit, sir. Yes, but the tremendously infuriating is really about this. It's me saying exactly that. How does that make you feel? Uh, What's that? Why would you do that? Yeah. How do you feel right now? Why do you keep saying to yourself, I'm kind of an artist? I hear you say kind of, and I want to go, remove the fucking kind of and see what that feels like. Yeah. Or Rem Remove the I'm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, in the, you know, you have to but reword it's, the but it's structure. Also, but, it's, but I want, if I want to be an artist, I have to call myself that. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well, because that was me throwing my hands up, like the, me Got saying it. the line, you know, whatever yes. that was, well, you know, throwing my hand up, my, doing the gesture of, oh, I know that sounds trite or queer, whatever it's going to be, but I get to yeah. be this artist. Yeah. You've got to, it's an invitation, but you have to live the, the invitation, if you will. Right. And jump on it. Yes. Because, and when I say I'm an artist, what I'm really saying is part of, one of the things that I do is that. Uh-huh. Because that, that does not mean that is all that I am. Because no. I'm also a businessman. Yeah. And I'm also a son. And I'm also, a, you know, a, 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 I have an apartment. Yeah. And I'm a car owner. You know? Yes, it's when we start defining. I mean, I go back to there are more things in heaven and earth ratio. Right. You know? Right. Than are dreamt of. And you're what? Philosophies. You know? Right. So it's like philosophy is us. The limited, l l finite interpretations of us this thing it's like we don't want to give up the power to something bigger and again call it what you will but improvisation who the fuck wants in the end i don't want to take credit for it i don't it's a, such a drag it's so much work take credit for what for improvisation like i came up with that it's like well did you you received something. Did you fire those neurons? Where's the energy come to divide your cells, motherfucker, right. or grow your hair? Again, I'm stealing heavily from Paul and others. But for me, I have traveled a lot lighter since I gave up taking credit for this work. And people are like, well, you have to take credit for this and that, for putting in the work. I'm like, actually, no, I don't. No, I don't, not anymore. And I, I've never been happier oh, I understand. as an improviser. Well, it's surrendering that which you no longer need, letting go of that. Those things aren't who it is that we are. That's just part of who, who we are. And I also love the idea of getting rid of, of, of concepts and needs and ownership ownership privatizing exactly privatizing what your art i mean uh keith richards they asked him i think it was in hail hail rock and roll where does it come from they said they said it right to him where does the where does the lick come from where's the riff come from and he looked and blanked out he laughed and sat back in the chair took his hands off the guitar and he went like that like he, he looked put his up, hands up in the air. up in the air and it's like i'll take it I thought that would be the worst thing in the world by giving that up. By giving up ownership. Right. Well, because it, 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 it's part of the thing that your ego wants you to ego. define. It's all ego. Well, it feels like, well, that's death to the ego. Exactly. It's Letting absolute. go of that because the ego wants to know what it is that you are. Yeah. And so when you, when you enter into one of my classes, I, I say, your ego's not allowed in the room. And you could leave it outside the room. Please leave it outside and pick it up later. Yes. It's going to be there. It's you're impossible, though. It's in the room, but the point you're making. Right, exactly. And here's the thing. Are you going to engage in that? Because here's, you can either engage in the ego or you can engage in the moment that yeah. you and I are together, but we can't do both. Where's yours in the room as a teacher? Where's my ego? Yeah. At the door. Okay. It's always at the door. And That's it's and it, and, and it is a, in my mind, there's a clear avatar. And the avatar is, 
Dave Rosowski in third grade, big nose, buck teeth, horn rim glasses, wearing a shitty hand-me-down sweater, uh -huh. wondering when my mom's going to come home. Oh. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I give that avatar love. Yeah. I get really choked up about this. Oh, I give that avatar love. Uh, and uh, every once in a while, I'll pet it. Yeah. And I'll take care of it. But I am very aware of it. Yes. And so what I've learned is Don't if let you it drive. come. What's that? Don't let it drive. Right. Right, too young to drive. Um, well, what I mean, learned, we're joking, but I, it really is. It's really that. <laughs> too young to drive. Exactly. It's too young to drive. Chained to an idiot, someone said once. That's a harsh way to put it. Uh, what, what is Chained that? to an idiot. Yes, chained ego. to an idiot. Chained to an idiot. I mean, that once was, I heard referred to a man and his dick. But then it's more apt, <laughs> everybody. But it, but it's to me, it's more apt to that. That avatar, right? It's a great word to apply to that. It really, and it, and, and and so I'll take a moment and I'll just say, "What's your avatar look like?" Put him outside the room, and you, if you want, you ask them what the avatar yes. looks like. What's your avatar look like? Oh. And I don't want to hear about it. I just want you to think about it. Take a moment now to think what your avatar looks like, and put it outside the door, and know that it's going to be there when you get when I you come up. I wonder what it would be like if you asked them to just sit and and just don't explain it, don't even process it, but just go around and say, because I can tell you mine. Oftentimes, I felt like I was made of paper or a cartoon. I was a cartoon of myself, you know, and still often do. Almost a ghost boy. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's really, of course it chokes you up. It, yeah, because I, it's me. Yeah. It's me in that, in that moment. It's, I know that. It's who you think you are or thought you were, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And, and because it, it was who I thought I was, it is part of who it is that I am as well. So let me <clears throat> take it further in the inquiry way. So when you say, do, do you experience ever when I can step out, if you will, of who I am or think I am, do you experience a sense of what we are? What does that mean? I don't know. Um, uh, 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 we just well, lost a ton of people. Well, <laughs> just, they clicked away as if they were with us this long. Exactly. Right. But that, when I Pull say... Over. We're going to pavilions. <laughs> exactly. Turn it off. It'll get back. We'll get It'll back get better on. later. Yeah, no. um, okay. Improvisation. Steppenwolf. Or big names. Offers. Yeah. Uh, I think that to ask what it is is also a definer, and I don't. And, and when I find me. myself defining it. I find my. I find the audience in my mind. If I start explaining what it is, I see the audience backing up, and, yeah, the, and now nobody's in the to get weapons and beat you down. <laughs> exactly. Or to go. Well, I wonder if the bar's still yeah, open. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. That's a great answer. Yeah. That's right. Again, meddling. Exactly. Exactly. Be it. Be it. That's the closest I can come. Okay, then let's stop there. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. If you'd like to see one of Dave's improv shows or one of my stand-up shows, you can get that information at addcomedy.com. If you want to take a class with Dave, that information is located on his website at davidrosowski.com. You can also follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski. Today's episode was sponsored by Troubadour, a restaurant movie. A new movie by Group Mind Films, portraying an accurate, sometimes funny, and sometimes cringe-inducing glimpse at restaurant life. Troubadour, a restaurant movie. Available to watch in its entirety online for only $5 at groupmindfilms.com.